Hello everyone and welcome back to the second installment of Up for Discussions where we give you guys an update on what we've been working on Discussions.app as well as cover some stories you might have missed on Discussions.app. So this show is recorded in front of a live audience and you could join us every weekend and listen to and contribute to this discussion on our Discord server. Uh, we just ask that when you do participate, uh, reserve your comments and messages until at least we finish our housekeeping, which is our team update. And if you have a particularly long point to make, we recommend that you leave a comment on the post, uh, our show notes that will be uh, released a day before the show and we'll be sure to include it in the show. Or if you have something to comment on, on any of the stories on the show itself, Leave a comment on the uh, post-show uh, video and we'll be sure to include it in next week and we will tip you some atmos for contributing to the show. So with me today, we have Paul and Brian. So if you guys want to say hi real quick. Hi. Uh, hey, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got Paul. We got Paul. We also have Asic Asphyxia listening in, but he is currently uh, on mute. So let's start with the uh, team updates, starting with a big announcement we have uh, this week, and is that Atmos staking is coming next week. And to explain what you have to do to get ready for it, we have Brian Paul. So Brian Paul, take it away. Uh, yeah, it's actually coming uh, on the 18th, <laughs> oh, okay. but uh, good enough. Um, so yeah, Wednesday the 18th, we'll begin staking. Uh, at zero zero UTC time, uh, there's going to be uh, a year where a million Atmos will be will be released, uh, and that's uh, two thousand seven hundred forty Atmos per day. So, um, if you're staking uh, ten thousand Atmos, and there are a total of a hundred thousand Atmos staked, you'll receive two hundred seventy four Atmos a day. So that's ten percent of the um, the total. Uh, so you're you're essentially getting a a direct proportion of the total Atmos in the system. Mm -hmm. So staking is pretty simple for this phase one. Uh, to stake, all you need to do is establish a unified ID uh, and then deposit Atmos to that unified ID. And any Atmos held in that uh, unified ID will be eligible for staking rewards. Right. So, so yeah. So if you have uh, an Atmos account right now, Paul, and you have, sorry, if you have a discussion ID right now and you have some Atmos on it, do you have to do anything else? You don't have to do anything else. That Atmos will earn staking rewards. Okay. So Awesome. What if, if I have, what if I have my Atmos in my EOS account? What do I need to do? You'll need to deposit it to your unified ID. So if you have your uh, Atmos in an EOS account, you can link that uh, EOS account via the discussions uh, uh, .app wallet interface, mm -hmm. uh, and then you can make a deposit to your unified ID. Okay. Uh, I'm sure we'll uh, and that's how you get Atmos into the system. Okay, awesome. I'm sure we'll come up with a simple guy. Uh, it's just two steps process. Very simple. Yep. So to just kind of go over what the purpose of this uh, staking is, is, you know, one thing is it's to incentivize use of the forum by incentivizing people to establish a unified ID. Um, it also is preparing users for phase two of staking. Um, this phase one will last a year regardless. So we have um, a million Atmos that will be released just simply by having your Atmos in the system. Um, but at some point, and we haven't worked out the timing exactly, but phase two will begin and it will run um, congruently with phase one until phase one runs out. And then phase two will be the default basic staking, and it will have a slightly higher reward based on um, the fact that it will be a time lock system. So if you 
lock your Atmos up for up to a, a, a year period, you will have a heavier weight um, in staking. So uh, that's that's the essentials of phase two. There's a time lock. We'll have more details about that as we get closer to releasing that. Well, the main purpose of phase two is just to incentivize people to stake for longer periods of hold on to the Atmos token for longer. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're going to provide more details once we figure out everything out. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be phase three as well, right? Yep. So in phase three, um, everything will be time locked and it will also require software and it will run in parallel to phase. And if you are running the software, I believe there is a further increased weight where you'll receive more returns for staking. Mm-hmm. So yep, that is correct. Yeah. So just to recap, there's three phases. Uh, phase one's rolling out on the 18th. And all you have to do is deposit uh, your Atmos token on your Unify ID if you haven't done it already. Um, and phase two, what you have to do, uh, well, you basically lock up your Atmos and then the longer you lock it up, the more Atmos you get. And finally, phase three, that requires special software, which is the Atmos DB, and will help us to keep, keep the platform decentralized. Is that correct? Yep. That's okay. It's all the points. Okay, awesome. So again, uh, if you guys haven't haven't registered for a Unify ID yet, uh, please do so on discussions that app. Make sure you uh, deposit your Atmos uh, onto the discussions ID if you want to start, you know, getting ready for the staking system to begin. Again, once once you deposit your Atmos, that system works automatically. You don't have to do anything else. Uh, it pays out two thousand seven hundred forty Atmos per day. Uh, and then you get a portion of that relative to how much of the total Atmos is staked at any given time. Okay, so I think that's everything for staking. Yeah, yeah I think that covers it all. Okay, cool. So let's uh, move on to some events that uh, we were running uh, on discussion. So, so Paul, do you want to talk about the Atmos free speech event and uh, how that how that whole thing went? Sure. So um, we started our Atmos Free Speech contest uh, just to get people uh, thinking about some of the important issues that we're trying to make, uh, you know, the platform, uh, you know, center around. And free speech is obviously a pretty important um, principle. And so we wanted to get, you know, the community's take on, on you know, what what kind of famous quotes uh, involving free speech are, are, you know, kind of important to them and what, you know, kind of start uh, getting a collection of those quotes because I think it's important for people to be able to, you know, see historically how uh, people have viewed that, this issue. So we wrapped up the contest, but we also decided to kind of just continue it. Um, so that if you wanted to earn Atmos, um, you could simply put a quote uh, under the free speech uh, topic and uh, we, you know, we continue paying out uh, 25 Atmos per, per entry. So um we paid out we paid out the top prizes to the most uh upvoted post and the the post that had the most twitter likes um so we're going to be continuing these types of contests on similar topics uh in the future i think it's good to uh, as sort of a touch touch point on what this project is about to have you know contests that highlight it so um so yeah that's kind of um that's kind of the, the wrap up. Uh, so as I said, if you have quotes that you're that you find it are important to you, you should post them 
under the free speech topic, and uh, you know, earn, you'll earn a little atmos for it. Yeah. So again, um, as we are building out the platform, it's not just the website or the tools that we're building out. You know, we really want to build a community around the idea of free speech. Um, now, obviously, every it seems like a very straightforward topic, but I think everyone has a slightly different idea of what they think free speech is. And it's just really interesting, just from the quotes I've already gotten, um, that you know, not, not everyone thinks about free speech the same way. I think there was one quote in particular that stood out um, where they say that you have the right to speak, but you don't have to, you don't have the right to a platform to speak. Um, I, I, I don't remember the exact quote, but I will, I will dig it up and I will include it in the post. So that just shows to you that, you know, usually when we, when, when, at least when I think about free speech, the conception that I get from people is just that I, I could say whatever I want without consequences, and you need to let me be able to speak it. And with that quote, that kind of, it doesn't, it doesn't go against it completely, but it does make it a little bit more nuanced than that uh, perspective of it. So yeah, so I think it's very uh, interesting and I definitely uh, would like to continue this discussion on what free speech means to you on, you know, on our show, but also on discussion. So do submit your quotes. And, you know, again, we're giving out Atmos, to, uh, Atmos um, for these quotes. So again, once you get the Atmos, you can start staking it and you could earn some more. So another event that finally wrapped up this week was the Boy Riddle Run. Um, so the Boy Riddle Run, we gave out around 226,000 boy. So that was quite a bit of boy that we gave out um, for simple riddles to just to get the community engaged. So we wrapped that up. Uh, if you want to check out all the riddles, um, you could go check out the boy sub. If you want to figure out, uh, if you want to know what to do with your boy, if you have won some boy tokens, uh, there's a link uh, in the in the wrap up post to tell you how to start sticking your boy and how to if you want to start running the boy software so you can earn even more boy in the future. We're also looking for ideas to what to do next for the next event. So if you have any ideas, uh, please do submit them. We already got a few submissions about doing like puzzles and crosswords, so things like that. Um, again, if you have any ideas on what would be a good event to do. Uh, that fits the deal, uh, the ethos of boy, which is to, um, once again, to use, uh, allow users contribute their spare computing power to, to power academic research, such as medicine, meteorology, aerospace, and machine learning. So if that uh, is something that you find interesting, go check out the boy tag. Okay, so um, we have a big story we want to cover this week, and that is a little bit outside of our blockchain, but I think it's still quite important to the discussion of um, the cryptocurrency space in general, and that is there has been a power struggle uh, going on on the Steam blockchain. Uh, Brian, have you have you heard any of this? Or should I give you a rundown of I've seen some of the posts regarding the Steam power struggle, but um, yeah. give me a rundown, that'd be great. Yeah, so actually Vitalik gave a pretty great rundown of the whole situation. Uh, so as you know, Steam is a blockchain that is uh, also built by Dan Larimer, uh, I think back in 2016, before he moved over and started EOS. Uh, on, on the Steam blockchain, the biggest application was a website called Steamit. 
So uh, the Steam blockchain is very, very much intertwined with the Steamit website to the point that where most people just, when they think about Steam, they just think Steamit. The two is interchangeable for most people, right? So what happened is that Steamit has been struggling, uh, struggling financially. Uh, and just, I think on, on the same day that the voice beta was announced, uh, Ned, the, XE, the CEO of Steamit, came out with announcement that Tron has purchased Steamit, the website. So that's kind of like, like the spark of uh, all this power struggle. So, um, it's kind of weird, you know, a blockchain buying another blockchain is, is not something we have quite experienced in the past. Um, so what happened? So I heard that like, uh, some of the large exchanges were hoping, uh, yeah. Justin like to take over Steam. Yeah. So you, uh, you skip a little bit, you jump ahead a little oh, bit. Oh, sorry about that. No, it's all right. It's all right. So after Tron bought Steemit, um, the witnesses, because Steemit Inc., the company, still holds a large stake of the Steemit platform, and like it's similar to how Blockchain holds a large stake in the EOS ecosystem, they have a lot of weight in terms of they could. I I I still think Blockchain might be able to single handedly replace all the block producers. Don't quote me on that. Um, so Steemit Inc., the company very much have the same power. So after Steam Inc. was purchased, the BP's equivalent on Steamit, they're called Witnesses, uh, implemented a reversible soft fork to prevent um, Steam Inc. from voting with their shares. Now, this, um, now you could, we could, we could, there's two sides of this argument, uh, whether or not the Witnesses done the right thing but what happened after it was definitely, in, in my opinion, not the right move to make. And that is Justin Sun, in collaboration with Binance, Hubei, and Poloniex, used their users' funds, their users' steam, to vote in witnesses or block producers that will help them take control of the chain and vote out the previous witnesses that implemented the soft fork. Are you, are you catching everything so far? Yeah, so so that is just like a full right now. It's a full on civil war. They're constantly still fighting to get back uh, a majority control of the blockchain, and yeah, it just it's a crazy crazy thing that's happening at the moment. So, so, so Jack, what would happen if users started wanting to withdraw their Steam from these exchanges? Would it be available? No, they it wouldn't. No. Right. Yeah, so that's, that's like, like this. The yeah, other piece to this is that they've, they've essentially locked uh, withdrawals because they've powered the steam up, right? Yeah, that, exactly. That's essentially right. Exactly. So again, you could argue like whether or not it was right the right now, thing. Right? Sorry, bro. Right. So like, if people like deposited like steam tokens on say like Binance, can they withdraw those tokens or no? Uh, currently, I I'm pretty sure they have closed down all withdrawal of steam tokens, uh, steam tokens. Oh. Yeah. So this is Quite definitely, extreme. yeah, this is definitely, in my opinion, the overreach of decentralized exchanges. And that's one of the, one of the dangers of uh, leaving your tokens on centralized exchanges. Not only are you, you know, at risk of not being able to access your funds, but you're also giving 
like these centralized exchanges, especially for you know the uh, proof of stake blockchain, you're giving them a lot of power over the blockchain. So that is definitely, I think, in my opinion, um, a a danger, uh, a fault of the these of this decentralized exchanges, and not necessarily on the blockchain uh, structure itself, which a lot of people are yeah. conflating. It seems like, like particularly for proof of stake, the the risks for, for this kind of stuff is pretty high. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think, um, and if this hopefully this starts getting people kind of thinking, rethinking their investment strategies in terms of using centralized exchanges, particularly when they are holding uh, tokens that are, you know, part of the governance structure or, you know, for the chain itself. I think that's you know, something that people are really going to have to reconsider. And hopefully this spurs more interest in decentralized exchanges that, you know, allow their users to hold uh, you know, hold their funds and, and just make peer-to-peer trades. Yeah, I agree. So that's like the major point. Um, I that's actually that's definitely a lot of firework coming out from the fight. You know, Justin Sun is not known for being the most <laughs> most classy person. Um, so like uh, a few days before, he came out with essentially his criteria of if you want to be a block producer on the Steam and blockchain here are the things that you have to check and one of the one of the items was um, do you want to fuck with just justin sun uh, so you know justin sun being classy as always uh you know doing the right thing communicating the right way <laughs> yeah so, so he, i mean he he's, he's essentially destroying this thing he just paid a lot of money for i mean that's that's kind of like the the bottom line in my in my view is that yeah. So that's that's case, case what he ends up in control, control but it's super centralized and no one really cares about it anymore. Or he loses control yeah. of it completely and he essentially, you know, is, is more or less on a different fork because he will have, you know, the Tron version and the, the kind of original version. I mean, is that accurate? I think, I think the idea was to move the entire Steam blockchain over to Tron, which I wouldn't even, I'm not even sure how that would work. To be honest, because you know, is there value in that? Are they just taking their users? Or how does they're like, just they're basically just taking their it? users? Because you know, if you know the history okay. of Tron, they they purchase BitTorrent, and they purchase um, I think it was D Live uh, again. Don't quote me on that, but they they do a lot of these acquisitions specifically for their user base, so that was the idea. But the interesting thing is that the Steemit community is actually fighting back. Um, they are actively fighting Tron. There's two trending hashtags. Trending is uh, hashtag Steam is not Tron and hashtag Steemit a hostile takeover. <laughs> so they are fighting back. <laughs> uh, and someone brought up another good point. It's like, well, this just goes to show that, you know, you can't, one of the things that you can't buy with money is a community. And I think that's a very good point. Okay, um, let's uh, start to wrap up the story. I just wanna give the other point of view um, and some extra details. And one of the things that didn't bring up enough was that there's actually a, another individual that is probably culpable in this story, and that is Ned Scott. That's the ex-CEO of Steemit. Uh, I have the opportunity to meet with him briefly in person uh, a few years back on in a Steam Fest 
and it seemed like it already to me that he kind of checked out back then like he wasn't I think it was maybe the departure of Dan uh, leaving Steemit it really didn't feel like he was that involved with the community anymore and in my in my in my opinion he wanted to be out of Steemit for a very long time and I think when Justin uh, or the Tron Foundation reached out uh, he made a sale very quickly without giving like the background on some of the important details of how Steemit got their share of Steemit tokens, uh, which it was a controversial point. Um, they, some people say they were ninja mines. Some people they say they got it. You know, Net said that he got he got it uh, fair and square. Whatever the case uh, may be, it, it, it didn't feel like Net fully disclo- disclosed what happened and how they came to this these Steam tokens fully to Tron and to the Steam uh, to Justin Sun. So I think that is an important note. And also someone said, uh, I'm not sure the details, but it looks like the witnesses pulled the first punch, a bit a preemptive one. There should have been an open dialogue without anything done hastily. I think it boils down to miscommunication. I think Justin Sun is receiving more heat because he's already treated as bad guy in crypto. Whether that, that is the case is or not is irrelevant. It just seems ironic they usually sucker punch to start the fight and now Justin Sun knocked them out in retaliation. They're acting as if they are the victims. So that's the other point of view. That you know Justin Sun uh, you know he he bought he bought he bought his stake. It doesn't matter, you know, how how they came about. That's the whole point of cryptocurrencies, they're interchangeable. Um, he was using his rightfully purchased tokens to vote. He he've done everything um, that you know he wasn't violating any laws he wasn't violating any of the protocols and it was the witnesses that do the soft fork that really violated the idea of if you own a token you own a you own a stake in the system you have an equal weight you have that weight of a voice in that ecosystem so that's the other perspective okay i think we uh we kind of went on and on about this um did I miss anything? Um, no, I think that's, that, that kind of gave everyone a good view of it. Yeah. So again, I just think this story is very interesting and this kind of captivate, cap, capture the uh, um, cryptocurrency community as a whole. So I thought it would be worth a discussion. Obviously, well, and you don't hear about one blockchain buying the other uh, every any other day of the week so that was quite unique to say the least so uh we're gonna take a small break from the content and give you guys some of our partner updates so these are the partners that we've been working on on with discussion this, sorry so these are the partners we've been working on uh, on discussions to build up their community um so we want to give you guys an update on what they're doing because as atmos token holders uh all their community activity contribute contributes to the value of your Atmos token. So we started with Boy, and Boy is looking to reduce their inflation. Uh, they have a proposal at the moment. Uh, they're voting on to reduce their inflation from uh, around fifteen million Boy tokens per year. Uh, f- uh, sorry, they're looking to reduce their. Uh, total emission of boy tokens from 40 million which is the current number down to 15 million boy tokens per year 
So again, if that's something uh, you thought you want to take a look at and take a look at uh, and you know kind of vote on the proposals, there's a link down below. You could go and check that out. Uh, and our other partner, Blockbase, uh, their fifth round of BBT aircrafts is ending soon. They'll be uh, distributing out 3.4 million BBTs. So this is their fifth round of aircrafts of 24. They're doing 24 monthly aircrafts. So if you have, if you miss your chance, this aircraft, make sure you uh, go check that out and find out how to participate in the next aircraft. And they also did another video interview with uh, Scott Cunningham. So if you want to learn about the project, check out that video. Scott did a great uh, in-depth interview with Ricardo and Diego, uh, two good friends of mine here from Lisbon and the uh, creators of the block-based project. Pomo this week was chosen to represent the Go Coast as top 10 innovate, most innovative company. So Go Coast it is a uh, innovation hub formed by key members of the leadership leadership team behind the multi award award winning software company Omentech, launched in two thousand seventeen with the support of Queensland government, city of Go Coast, and over twenty corporate partners committed to driving a new digital economy on the Go Coast. So. And they are having a contest. So if you're interested in getting yourself from Pummel, go check out their uh, contest. Okay, so back to content discussions. Another. Hey, hey, hey Jack, really quick. Yeah. Um, has, has there been, been any updates on, on uh, just the sort of our discussion partners integrating Unified ID? Has that, that um, any updates, updates on that front? front? Uh, no, actually. So, so it's still in the works, it's just we haven't had any, anyone roll anything out yet. Well, we're building out part of, oh, well, we, we're actually refining the Unify ID, just because right now the Unify ID is quite simple. Um, so we are developing the ambassador program with Blockbase. And through that process, development process, we're adding, um, we're kind of giving a more specific specification of the Unify ID. So our partners are looking to integrate account data into Unified ID, which is something that we didn't have before. So this is we're we're working on it. Um, so yeah, we just have to make sure that the partners uh, Unified ID spec is up to what the partners need for their project as well. So progress is ongoing, but in terms of integration, we're not there yet. Cool. Okay, so continuing our content discussion, uh, so we had an article by Jimmy of Tribe. Uh, he did a very extensive interview with a top block producer and a and the founder of Chintai, Ryan. Uh, so if you want to check that article out, um, it t it goes into a little bit how, about how Ryan thinks about burning the ES savings um, account versus putting it towards something like a worker proposal. So great article, go check it out. And this week, uh, South Korea, India, Germany, and France all legalized cryptocurrency within the same week. Uh, so what do you guys make of that? Is this the beginning of a bull run? Uh, I mean, I think it's a good excuse for a bull run, but <laughs> there's so much weird stuff going on you know, globally. It's definitely exciting. Yeah. 
I mean, it didn't like it. Definitely, the ex the market looks uh, excited about it, but not overly excited about it. I think it was only up like yeah, yeah. four or five percent, something like that. So yeah, if the coronavirus wasn't in place right now, I think there there might have been a bull. Do you think the coronavirus affects the uh, price cryptocurrency? Oh, well, for sure. Like, like the coronavirus affected the financial markets, say like the equities market. Right, right, for sure. I they both dropped several times. Mm -hmm. The only core, like the only logical. Again, I'm not like I. I don't. I obviously I don't know what the market is thinking, but the only logical conclusion that I I could see that how the coronavirus would affect the cryptocurrency market. It's like you said. It's like if the coronavirus affects aviation, uh, you know, markets, uh, and you know, people who invest in those markets also invest in cryptocurrency. If you know, if their stock drops, maybe they they want to cash out their cryptocurrency, and that's affecting it. That's like the only reason because it, the two thing is so far apart. And seeing these articles. And I feel like whenever there's any kind of dramatic war event, it's like, oh, this is great for cryptocurrency. I was like, what? <laughs> this makes no sense. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm skeptical about this. I, I think a lot of in cryptocurrency on a speculative basis, yeah. and they might have leveraged some of their uh, more traditional currencies or like stock holdings in order to purchase crypto. And that's why it's linked together. Yeah, yeah. I can see that happening. Yeah, what do you make of it, Paul? What you, uh... Just, yeah, a lot of I mean, interesting I, here, though. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think what, what probably happens is there's the initial, uh, the inital panic, which I think you saw all markets dropping. Um, and then I think people look for opportunities. Uh, you know, the, I think overall the equities markets have been so overvalued that this was also another really good excuse to sort of, you know, cut, cut it out to a degree where, you know, things are not, I don't think they're, they're going back to the mean, but they're definitely, some of the hype is deflating from those markets. Uh, so, yeah, you know, this could have, this could be the building building block for, for something like this as people kind of start looking at, um, you know, looking at other options for, for investment opportunities. They feel like the market's not going to um, heat back up the way it has. I think it's just been so easy to throw money into, you know, the S&P and just kind of, Mm -hmm. that's probably affected crypto's ability because it's like why would you why would you go with this risky thing that you know could be really good uh, return wise but also i can just throw money into a spy make a good so you know fundamental based uh sort of madness like it always does but um yeah, yeah. So, so i think, think you know this is a good, 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 Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hearing investors, uh, you know, knocking on my doors already. <laughs> yeah, you know, people are lining up, just shopping carts, just getting ready for the huge. Well, I heard, I heard, 
I think you have uh, more success if you launch it in Australia, though, because uh, I heard. Oh yeah, I, I saw, saw that, that fight, fight at the uh, Woolworths. That was. Yeah, it's it's getting nutty. <laughs> it's getting nutty. <laughs> I, 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 I still don't understand, understand it. it. It's not like this is like a. Like, well, the worst has happened. You run out of toilet paper. It's like you still you're still running water. I don't I don't get it. I'm trying to piece it together. Me too. Me too. I think it's just people panicking. You know, people like buying up canned foods and whatever. It's like people are thinking thinking as if this like the apocalypse. So. Yeah, yeah, but like, like the thing with canned food, food is like that's, that's good just, just in general, general to have a good supply in case something does happen like locally, like an earthquake or a, you know whatever. Uh, that's fine. I just <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do with a hundred rolls of toilet paper that just take up a ton of room in your house? I just uh, it's weird. People are weird. You could wrap your head around it. You never know. They might, they might think of it as a commodity. I guess. Yeah, it's better than Bitcoin. Store of value. Yeah. <laughs> or you just wrap your head Lord. around it and you know, you you mask. Say if shit hits the fan, maybe toilet paper is worth more than like a. Maybe. Maybe. Toilet paper to the moon. Invest now. Anyways, moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Thank you for that, Brian. Um, again, just before we leave, leave that topic, not financial advice. We have no idea what's going on in the market. <laughs> so don't take advice from us at all. Um, so last bit of news, um, we all, you know, as a communication platform, social media platform, whatever you want to call us, uh, we keep an eye on what's been going on in the general social media uh, landscape. And this week, there's a really interesting article that came out saying that um, there is a conservative mega political donor, active investor that have invested about a billion dollars in Twitter in the go in in hopes of ousting Jack Dorsey, so this is uh, quite interesting. Obviously, Twitter is one of the most popular um, social media platform for us cryptocurrency folks. So any kind of um, movement on that platform uh, tends to you know affect us pretty closely. But you know also just to go to show with decentralized platforms, there's a lot of moving pieces that come to play. You know not. I think I actually think Twitter have one of the more better reputations in terms of preserving free speech. But with the recent news and the next thing I'm gonna bring up, I'm not sure if that's the case anymore. But yeah, before I move on to that bit of news, do you guys want to chip in on uh, what you guys think about this uh, action to oust Jack Dorsey? Well, I think. Jack Dorsey said they didn't want to do any, uh, they wanted to ban political advertising. Yeah. And, uh, the new Republican mega donor just wants to start advertising via Twitter again. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, so, Facebook, what happened was, uh, Facebook, um, I forgot what 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 it was. Oh, Facebook came out saying that they won't fact check political ad ads, because you know we are leading up to the twenty twenty United States presidential election, so like a lot of political money are flowing in, and a lot of people wanted Facebook to fact check and limit some political ads, and Facebook came out saying no, we won't do that. Uh, you know we about quote unquote free speech, you know take that how you will, um, and we won't limit any kind of advertisement. We won't, you know, fact check any political ads. We won't pull any ads, 
and Twitter did the very much opposite and say, okay, well, you could still have, you know, you could still say what you want, but we won't accept any form of political ads. So two very different approaches. Um, I, again, I, I, I think Twitter's approach, I think is a little bit better, to be honest, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I think they just want to avoid the can of worms, which is, you know, allow, allowing that. It, it put the forward position. You've now seen that you can put them out and, you know, it was just kind of a warning. Sorry, you, you, you know, cut a little bit Paul there, but I think what you said was like, um, you know, having tons of money to spend on political campaigns might not be such a good thing, but, you know, as we've seen with the Bloomberg campaign, uh, having a tons of money doesn't guarantee uh, any success in uh, any any kind of political campaign. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it, politics, politics is more than just, just, just add, there's a damaging, um, kind of element that broadly speaking, we, we start looking at politics as like a, you know, just a game to, to you know, to buy and sell. It's, it's a little bit, you know, less about ideas and more about just, you know, kind of attack ads. Yeah, you know, it just becomes kind of a, uh, a joke in that sense. So I think the money, it's not so much that it's one dollar versus a different, you know, a different dollar points of view. It's just the idea that, you know, this is just another place where you can just saturate trade a marketplace with, with, with stuff, stuff and, and it's, it's not really earned. It's like they were buying, were buying these are like, I think Twitter's just trying to, and Facebook is obviously, God knows what Facebook is, there is. Um, there's, you know, there's definitely a different in terms of how they approach this. Yeah, for sure. So another interesting okay, so more users, more ads. Sorry, Brian, you were saying more users, more ads. You both cutting uh, out. You both cutting out. Fraction right before it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with you, Brian, on that one. Can you say that again? Sorry, you were as we're cutting out for me. Cares more about their top. So as long as it generates money for them, they don't really care about yeah. whether Yeah, I, I, that's, why, that's why I think, you know, Twitter's approach is more defendable in terms of, you know, okay, we're not going to take any, any political money at all versus Facebook's, which is like, they could just, like, they say they're for free speech, but, you know, when in actuality, they just care about that political, political cash coming in, so... I can see argument. I don't know whether one's doing it better than the other. Mm -hmm. I, I still think it's up to readers to like check the facts themselves. Yeah. yeah. Well, in uh, in a bit of a dash of cryptocurrency uh, spice, uh, Elon came out and endorsed Jack Dorsey, saying he's backing Jack for the CEO. Of to, to be the CEO of Twitter, to stay as CEO of Twitter, and also Vitalik came out, uh, you know, in support of Jack Dorsey. So, um, yeah, 
we'll see what happens with the um, that and just one last bit of uh, Twitter news and I think we'll wrap it up and is that Twitter now have new rules on uh, what constitutes as hate speech and if you say things that are relating to age uh, sex and anything that might upset or offend uh, other users on the platform you might find your account suspended so as I was just um, heaping praise on Twitter a while ago now they seem to be cracking down on what they consider to be hate speech so what you yeah. takes on that. And, and this, this is another like slippery slope of any platform trying to make these decisions for people. Um, there's always going to be, you know, this is a ripe for abuse in terms of getting people banned and blocked and, um, you know, legitimate criticism. Um, for example, you know, bringing out uh, legitimate sort of concerns about certain presidential candidates who might be experiencing dementia or mm-hmm. other age-related illnesses, um, you know, that could be viewed as hate speech, and that's, you know, a way to shut down those criticisms. That's a very, um, that's a very good point. I haven't thought about that. I know that was Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I think this is, a, a, this is where Twitter gets into sticky scenarios, um, and, and I think this goes to the point of what we're trying to do here, which is, you know, keep this squarely centered on the user. Yeah. Um, if I don't agree with someone, I can simply uh, exclude them from my, you know, from my views if I want, or I can engage with them. But either way, I don't have a platform telling me what is and what isn't to try to protect me from something that, um, you know, I'm, I'm capable of making those decisions on my own or delegating trusted individuals to do for me. So ultimately, I think this will be a problem for Twitter because um, it will get abused because all these things always do. Yeah, and I agree. And with that, um, there I have no better way to top Paul's uh, assessment of the situation, but I do have someone else <laughs> that uh, might be able to top Paul, and that is this week's free speech quote. Uh, this is one I submitted actually. This is a quote by Christopher Hitchin, a you know prolific author and speaker. And the quote is, it's not just the right of the person who speaks to be heard, it's the right of everyone else in the audience to listen and to hear. So I think that summarizes uh, Paul's point as well, which is not only should you have the opportunity to um, speak, but you, you need to preserve your right to hear someone say something that might be important. So yeah, if you like Great that quote, yeah, if you like that quote, Go uh, leave a comment on, if you agree with that quote, give it an upvote on discussions.app. If you disagree with it, go leave a comment telling us why you disagree with that quote. And with that, uh, we are going to sign off now. So, team? Yep. Thanks, Thanks everyone, for listening. Uh, Until next week, getting excited about the speaking system coming online. So, everyone should start moving their Atmos into a unified ID in preparation for that. Yes, indeed. Yep. Remember, Wednesday, March 18th is the deadline for the first uh, Yep, that is the deadline. Okay, and I'll see you guys next week. Ciao, ciao. All right. Bye.